You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Tim Takis, founding partner and certified elder law attorney at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we are speaking with Lynn Wood from Mental Health America of Mid-South about guns and dementia. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you, Tim, for having me. I'm excited about today's topic. Uh, it sounds like uh, the mix of guns in a house with someone is dementia is not a good idea. Well, I don't know that it's not a good idea. I think that having someone who's living with dementia having access uh, to a loaded gun um, becomes the problem um, because of different behaviors and different symptoms of different types of dementia like Alzheimer's, frontal temporal lobe, Lewy body. Um, Hallucinations can occur and uh, that can be a very dangerous setup when you have um, a loaded gun uh, under a pillow or in a desk drawer somewhere. So if you're a caregiver for a a person with dementia and you have a firearm in the house, um, how do you start a conversation with someone that either maybe is doesn't really appreciate the danger, like say the caregiver, you know, or just as hadn't really even thought about it. Mm-hmm. We know that's a that's a great question, and that kind of um, how do you start the conversation is something that um, has been spoken on these podcasts before. Is starting the conversation sooner versus later, um, just like with um, getting your affairs in order, living wills, end of life paperwork in order. Um, knowing and having that conversation when this isn't possible anymore or when you can't make decisions for yourself, uh, when you shouldn't drive, who do you want to have that conversation with you? And that's a very important first step because if somebody who's not, who shouldn't have the conversation or someone that they're not comfortable with, you're just going to hit a brick wall. You're not going to have the understanding that this is um, something that needs to happen, removing my gun from my home or locking up the gun and I not have the key anymore. So you have to start early. You can't have the conversation after a situation has happened, after that weapon has been brandished. And then you can't say, oh, no, 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 I have to take that away. Um, so you have to start early, and I like to use the term retire. Uh, I, we retire from driving. We retire from our work. We retire our mortgage. We can retire our driver's license. Let's retire um, access to the, to the firearm. Uh, so we don't have to get rid of it. We just have to have the conversation um, and maybe even have a contract Um, nothing obviously legal binding, but it's just something very written down. So if the person who's living with dementia says, I never said that, then you have a piece of paper to show them. 
um, mm-hmm. with their signature on it that said, yes, I will give up the access to guns um, at this point. So in, in sort of in a non-confrontational way, exactly. and I'm going to yeah. assume that if somebody says, well, I did not sign that, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably going to be either uh, trying to redirect that person or... I mean, you don't argue with somebody, well, yes, that's you, that's your signature or right, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it would be more, oh, I thought that we met at one time and signed this. Um, I think, I, let me see who signed that piece of paper. You know, in that way, you're not saying, yes, you did and pointing a finger. It's like, oh, maybe I'm mistaken. But then, um, again, it's how you have the conversation and what... Uh, terminology you use and your tone of voice and the setting. Um, and it may actually, Tim, be a conversation that lasts a week. Uh, typically, you don't hear of someone who says, um, I asked my dad to give up the car keys and he readily gave them. Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for you to, to ask me that. Uh, right. I mean, there there are those times when that happens. Um, but uh, you might prepare for it to be a long conversation, a lot of who, what, when, why, um, before the actual task of locking up the gun is done. You know, it sounds like what you're saying and is that these are conversations that if you're a caregiver or you're, you're somebody who's living with a person of dementia, with dementia, that you, you actually maybe should obviously prepare for, but even, um, in the sense of preparing for, it could be, okay, what are some topics that maybe that you need to sit down and, and, and be ready to have a conversation because that person has dementia isn't, isn't going to come to you and say, you know, can we have a, can we have a conversation about guns in the house? Um, You know, and, you know, then you're going to schedule something and say, well, I'm not ready right now. Well, why don't we talk about it next week or, you know, tomorrow? Because, you're, you're kind of in, you're kind of have to grasp the, sounds like you have to grasp the moment when it's presented to you. Exactly. Exactly. And you're exactly right. So as a caregiver, um, uh, knowing, um, the surroundings, obviously a wife or a husband is going to be aware that there's firearms in the house. Um, but, being prepared for that question. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, some of us in this realm uh, with teaching caregivers and educating them is, is letting them know, Hey, this might happen. And when it happens, you have to have the conversation then just like if um, I met recently with a lady and she said, my husband with Alzheimer's said, do you think I should give up my car keys? That's the time to have the conversation. You know what? Yeah, honey, I've been thinking about that. So mm-hmm. if that conversation happens, where's my gun? Um, well, then it's a conversation. Of, well, well, why do you need that? You know, mm-hmm. what got you thinking about that? Mm-hmm. And trying to get them redirected onto uh, a memory of the firearm instead of actually wanting to hold it. Even the question, Tim, of I want to hold my gun. Why do you want to hold your gun? Do you just want to hold it or do you want to use it? Mm-hmm. And trying to guide the conversation to see what frame of mind at that particular point the Alzheimer's, the person living with Alzheimer's is, uh, can give you an idea of whether you should give it to him or not. So let's kind of, yes, it does. Let's, let's play that out a little bit further. And so let's say the individual, the person with dementia says, 
Well, I really would just like to see that I, I that I know I still have it. Uh, and then you're going to maybe asking, are you maybe a question of, well, are you, do you have some fear about something, you know, or whatever? Yeah. You know, and then how, how then would you reply to that? If this person says, well, I'm worried because I've, I, I, I know that I live in a, We live in an unsafe neighborhood mm-hmm. or, or we did or whatever it is, or maybe there's some sort of uh, delusion about that. Right. So how would how would the response then go or how would the caregiver react to that? So there's two answers. There's two answers to that question. The first answer would be, is the gun in one location and the ammunition in another location? Mm -hmm. So, again, having we're not talking about gun control or gun restriction. We're talking about gun safety. So even if you don't have Alzheimer's and you want to have safety, they they say across the board, keep your gun in one location and your ammunition in another. So if that's happening um, or if the gun has a gun lock on it, so it prohibits it from uh, being fired, then I would think that there would not be an issue with that person then seeing their gun because there would not be an opportunity for them to be able to fire it. So seeing it, it would not be a, a problem. However, if the gun is loaded um, and um, then we need to postpone that. So we need to say, oh, gosh, I haven't thought about that gun in a really long time. Um, Let me see if I can find the key to that safe or I have to go look for the combination. Um, So to postpone that um, and give them something else to do while I'm looking for the combination to the safe. uh, Do you mind go ahead and taking out the trash? Because maybe that's a task that they still are able to do. Yeah. Um, and so you just kind of agree and, oh, yeah, I haven't thought about that. Or, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to show you that gun. But but after something else happens. Right. And that and then, way we're, we're delaying yeah. uh, to where maybe they forget about it. Because short-term memory can work in our favor at that point. Right. And then presumably the person goes, the caregiver goes, well, uh-oh, I realize that the gun is loaded. So at the very mm-hmm. least I need to separate the aim, you know, immediately, exactly. immediately separate mm-hmm. the ammunition from, you know, from the firearm so that in the unlikely event that the person, you know, is able to access the, the firearm, at least, you know, to they can't hurt somebody it. unless they clobber the person over the head. With exactly. It. Exactly. You know, doing something of that of that nature, you know, having an older adult or someone who's living with dementia um, see a relic from the past. And we do know that a lot of our uh, veterans, uh, past law enforcement officers, hunters, I mean, there are guns um, in the home. I mean, it's it's reported that 33 percent of all American seniors over 65 have a firearm in their home. So. Um, that might be a good way to have a conversation also about a memory, yeah. about with the history of that firearm uh, and something to write down. So if that person, uh, that gentleman, we'll just say a gentleman, mm-hmm. um, forgets where that gun came from, now the story's been told and documented. So then, you know, I used to have a gun. Yeah, Grandpa, you did have a gun, and it was from... And they can share that memory right back with that older a person and have a purposeful conversation, a purposeful visit 
Um, and everybody goes away learning a little bit more. And the person who has forgotten that doesn't feel um, put on the spot that, you know, the grandson's not saying, well, don't you remember? Because now we can recall the memory mm-hmm. uh, from an earlier session when we did see the gun. Um, or is that their gun? You know, that's another thing, you know, another way of of looking at 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 firearms is are they going to be given away so that could be the the beginning of a conversation when you can't have this gun anymore who do you want to have it and um you know there's lots of ways so maybe you you know and it sounds like to me part of this would be is attaching a good memory to the firearm you know exactly. that you maybe exactly. you maybe you fire you know you you got it from your own parent Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least the person with dementia, and then that you, that person, you know, that they can share a memory. So they have, so so it's not like a memory of, uh, you know, this is for defense or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. But again, you have to be careful because a lot of times those firearms are in the bedside table, you know, are mm-hmm. underneath the pillow, are in the kitchen drawer because of. Uh, someone wanting it to be readily available in case of an emergency. And I do understand that, but we have to look at the safety and the quality of life. What kind of quality of life is a, a, a son or a daughter or a wife having if there is fear that that person's going to get a hold of the gun, yeah. uh, especially in the further stages of dementia when someone might not be recognizing uh, their son or their daughter. You know, we hear that a lot is, you know, my my husband's now calling me by his sister's name or is now calling me by, you know, an aunt's name. Um, it's, so let's say in that there's been documented stories about a dad not recognizing a son, uh, thinking that the son was breaking into the house and he, he shot his son. Um, it's not the per- necessarily the person with dementia's fault. And when I've done my research on this, um, because of the Alzheimer's, you know, it's it's deemed accidental. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's no no real, um, I mean, they can't serve trial. They're not competent at that point yes, to, you exactly. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, and I'm also thinking in, in those situations that, okay, maybe there is an intruder or somebody that comes in. Um, and... Um, yeah, that person might be, I mean, literally dangerous. Uh, uh-huh. But if the person with dementia is has got access to a weapon, they're probably not going to be able to defend themselves. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, then the per- then the then the intruder winds up uh, committing violence because they're thinking, okay, well, I've got a I've got a loaded someone's pointing a loaded weapon at me, so mm-hmm. I'm going to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then everybody loses. And then and and then everybody loses. One of the one of the things that I've heard from many police officers is, you know, if you're not willing to shoot that gun, then don't don't have it. Right. Um, because it is likely to uh, maybe someone's coming in just to uh, and this is horrible. I mean, you shouldn't be robbed. You shouldn't have right. your belongings taken. Right. Uh, but maybe violence is not on the on that person's mind. But then when they do have someone, they're going to try to uh, protect themselves, that fight or flight mode. And they, yes. they may end up fighting and hurting when that mm-hmm. wasn't their intention to begin with. Right. Um, right. I well, don't have this, that kind of mind. So. Yeah. 
Lynn, this has been a very interesting conversation. It it really is, and it it does deserve further um, exploring, and um, hopefully. Um, that's what I'm working on doing. And again, uh, not taking things away from someone, but, but keeping everyone safe, not only the person living with the dementia, but the family caregivers and professional caregivers that we're all trying to work to keep our older adults aging in place. And we have to do that safely. Right. Great. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. That's it for today's episode. Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.